Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett. And I'm Michael Schaefer. Hello, Michael. Hi, Fee. How are you? Oh, it's lovely to see you. You too. Feels like a long time. I was trying to work out. It, it does feel like a long time, but we did do it last month, didn't we? I was most certainly did. We've both been to Greece since then. That's right. On opposite sides of the Aegean. Yeah. Should we just... Uh, we can't just sigh every time we say <laughs> Greece or the Aegean. <laughs> our, our listeners will be... Especially our listeners in Greece will be saying, well, and, and yes. I tell you what, though, Faye, what we can do that is a bit more exciting than us just sighing for our Grecian memories is let people know that we've got a very exciting event coming up. Now, I feel we say this sometimes quite a lot. We say, oh, we've got something exciting. This genuinely is. Do you want to tell people what we're doing, Faye? We are going to be reading poems from our archive of poems that people have brought to us alongside a phenomenal, phenomenal lineup of readers. Uh, so we did this once before. Some of our listeners will know this well from when we did it, I think, about a year and a half ago. And we're back with In the Company of Poems on November the 3rd at 7pm British Standard Time, whatever, however it's described. And we'll be online and we'll be there with voices that we know our listeners love and know well. For example... You and me, obviously. The fabulous Hafsa Anila Bashir, who is just a terrific reader and a wonderful poet and an all-round phenomenal person. Roxy Dunn, ditto, all the same things, only differently so. Uh, a friend who we haven't seen for a long while, it's a while since we spoke to him about the poem that's been a friend to him, the phenomenal actor Patterson Joseph. He who people may have recently seen in in the uh, the dramatic television piece about the submarine. Oh Not yeah, so Vigil. Ago. That's it. Vigil. Yeah, yeah. thrilled that he's going to be know. reading with us. Yeah. He yeah, uh, and um, I think there's a couple of other people, Michael. I think we have also got uh, Sasha Dugdale, mm. wonderful poet. Oh, there is one other person I know who's a friend of mine who I worked with a few years ago uh, on a play called Girl from the North Country, uh, who was recently nominated for an Oscar. The very wonderful Kieran Hines is going to be reading a couple of poems for us. I'm very excited about that. Ah, oh, that's just, I mean, the deliciousness of these voices is already yeah. sending me yeah. a little bit over the edge yeah. just talking about it. So, and we will be live online for one night only yeah this is not an event that will be recorded and available for weeks after so clear your diaries so it's november the 3rd 7 p.m british standard time we're saying that's what it's called in the company of poems now if people want to listen to this fee go to the poetry exchange website Poetry exchange website there's all the details are there and there's a link through to eventbrite which is how you book your ticket and it is for us it is a wonderful opportunity to lift up the the poems that we hold in our list of poems that we 
aren't always able to share on the podcast, don't always have the time to share all the poems. So the array of poems that we'll be hearing about and the wonderful poets who've given us permission to share their work um, and the publishers and estates um, it's just fantastic. So it's a really great lineup of material as well as a really amazing lineup of people. As you mentioned, Fee, we did we have done this once before now. So I, I think for me that means that we can say with real confidence that it will be a fantastic event, and that people that came last time just loved it, and it really made us go, "Oh, that's good. It works." Reading poems, it just really works, and so. Yeah, get along through the website, book your tickets via Eventbrite. It is one night only. It's a real heavyweight lineup. There is one other person that we haven't mentioned that's going to be reading poems, Fiona, and that is our very dear friend Roy McFarlane. Now, the reason, of course, that we didn't mention Roy is because you'll be hearing Roy in this month's episode. I wasn't there, Fiona. It was you and Roy. And it's a very moving conversation. I've been listening to it over the last few days. And it's, uh, it's one that happened a while ago, but we have held it back for obvious reasons. So you will be hearing Fiona and Roy talking about Poem in October by Dylan Thomas. The poem that's been a friend to Alex. Hello, can you hear me? I can, that's good. Alex, would you just read it through for us, just so that we've heard it between us? Of course. It was my 30th year to heaven, woke to my hearing from harbour and neighbour wood, and the muscle pooled and the heron priested shore, the morning beckon with water praying and the call of seagull and rook and the knock of sailing boats on the net webbed wall. Myself to set foot that second in the still sleeping town and set forth. My birthday began with the water, birds and the birds of the winged trees flying my name above the farms and the white horses. And I rose in rainy autumn and walked abroad in a shower of all my days. High tide and the heron dived when I took the road over the border and the gates of the town closed as the town awoke. A spring full of larks in a rolling cloud and the roadside bushes brimming with whistling blackbirds and the sun of October, summery on the hill's shoulder. Here were fond climates and sweet singers suddenly come in the morning where I wandered and listened to the rain ringing, wind blow cold in the woods far away under me. Pale rain over the dwindling harbour and over the sea-wet church the size of a snail, with its horns through mist and the castle brown as owls. But all the gardens of spring and summer were blooming in the tall tails beyond the border and under the lark-full cloud. There I could marvel my birthday away, but the weather turned around. It turned around from the blithe country and down the other air and the blue altered sky, streamed again a wonder of summer with apples, pears and red currants. And I saw in the turning so clearly a child's forgotten mornings when he walked with his mother through the parables of sunlight and the legend of the green chapels. 
and the twice-told fields of infancy, that his tears burned my cheeks and his heart moved in mine. These were the woods, the river, and sea, where a boy in the listening summertime of the dead whispered the truth of his joy to the trees and the stones and the fish in the tide, and the mystery sang alive still in the water and singing birds. And there I could marvel my birthday away, but the weather turned around, and the true joy of the long-dead child sang burning in the sun. It was my thirtieth year to heaven, stood there then in the summer noon, though the town below lay leaved with October blood. Oh, may my heart's truth still be sung on this high hill in a year's turning. Oh, thanks so much, Alex. Beautifully read and what a great, great poem it is. It's beautiful, isn't it? Did you pick up a Welsh accent in your reading? I am from Wales. I used to have a very strong Welsh accent, but it's been slowly leached out of me since I moved to England. It's mm. intriguing, you know, it came across in the mm. reading, though. Mm. Yeah. It triggers it sometimes, I think, to read this poem, or any Dylan Thomas, I think. Mm. And I think it sounds better read in a Welsh accent, slightly. <laughs> so what's led you to come to us today with, with this poem? Well, wanting to share it with more people, I think because obviously Dylan Thomas is very famous, but he's most famous for probably Rage, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. That two lines have made him world-renowned. Mm. And then secondly, probably people know Under Milk Woods. And those are the poems I knew from Dylan Thomas. And when I was young, I think I found Under Milk Wood a bit boring, but I've changed my mind since. But I didn't know this one. And then my grandmother, who's Welsh and from the South Valley, she was dying in hospital in 2010. And I came home to see her. And we read poetry to her when she was in hospital. She couldn't really speak very much. She could recognise we were there. And she didn't leave hospital. She was there for about a week. And this was one of the poems, I think, that my aunt read to her. And that was the first time I'd heard it. And I thought it was beautiful, but I didn't catch the name. I didn't have a copy. And so for ages, I knew it in my own head as the one about the heron priested shore. Ooh. I thought that was a great descriptive line in a poem. It's a beautiful poem for so many reasons, because... It's all about growing older. He has echoes of him being a child and he's got a lust for life because of the ending about may my heart's truth still be sung on this high hill in a year's turning. So it really reminds me of my grandmother who had lived a life full of hiking and walking and going all over the place and loved life. Oh, gosh. I mean, Alex, what a story, Thank what a you, poem. Oh, you're welcome. Can I ask you how long ago it was that you first heard it in hospital with your grandmother? It would have been May 2010. OK, OK, OK. And then you said you've sort of Googled it a couple of times. That was in the early days. And then after I realised how much I loved it, I then kept it in my memory bank. I know where to find it now. I know it's called Poem in October. I know it was published in 1945 and I have a copy of Dylan Thomas's 
works in ha- in my house. And if I'm ever exchanging poems with people, I read. This is one of the ones that I'll say. This is one mm. of my favorite poems. So yeah, I have it in my back pocket now. But you know what I love what he does is the idea of it was my thirtieth year to Evan, and almost that first page, one, two, three, four stanzas of October in his 30th year kind of thing. Mm. And then he does this thing about summer when he's talking about being a child. Yeah. I, I don't know, there's something about the way he flips it. He turned away from the Blythe country and down the other air in the blue altered sky streamed again, a wonder of summer with apples, pears and red currants. And I saw in the turning so clearly a child's forgotten mornings when he walked with his mother through the parables, through the parables of sunlight and the legends of the green chapels. I completely agree with you. And I think what he's doing here is reflecting on how, as we grow older, we remember our childhood. And it seems both another country and us at the same time. Beautiful. Because I think what he's saying there is, when he turns in this walk he's on, he sees a turning where he has walked in the past with his mother when he was a child and now he's walking there alone 30 reflecting on what's happened and that carries Mm. on he goes on to talk about what he was like and the twice told fields of infancy that his tears burned my cheeks so he's saying that he is the same person as this boy he's remembering when he looks in this turning He's both a child and a 30-year-old man and a man looking forward to his next year and hoping to still be there. (laughs) And then I think that's finally repeated in the last stanza with and the true joy of the long dead child sang burning in the sun. So it's not a poem about the macabre topic of dead children. He's that person. He's the Mm. same. That child is him, long dead. (laughs) And now he's who he is. (laughs) And I also think what he's talking about with that line, summer noon, though the time below lay leave with October blood, I think he's talking about the summer is his 30s, his 20s and his 30s is the height of his existence. And even though the town below is in October, which may be the autumn of his days, now he's on this hill, this high hill, full Mm. of joy and looking forward to another year. Can you re- just remind me, you mentioned when it was when it was written? 1945. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, and it, it's not about that, is it? But I, I wonder if there's also, if the October blood is also the war. You know, there's a, there's a kind of epic layer in there as well around the context of now, mm-hmm. you know. And that that pledge about, oh, may my heart's truth still be sung, is in the knowledge that, that many others won't be. Well, and also it might be a bit of self-knowledge on his part, because, of course, he was a terrible alcoholic who was to die only a few years after this poem was written. I think he died in 53. Yeah. Yeah, so true, so true. Yeah. And, of course, sometimes with Dylan Thomas, you think, well, I slightly lost the plot in terms of exactly where we are, but it doesn't really matter no, because no, no. <laughs> the, the sort of emotion of the language and the... The song of the poem is just takes over, doesn't it? In my view, is he paints a very clear, evocative picture of, of, of what he's talking about. I've just highlighted a few phrases. I love this one. 
I walked abroad in a shower of all my days. I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, Alex, what does that conjure for you? I think what that means is that he's now walking out and the shower of all his days means that he's from this town. This is where he's grown up. And so when he's walking around, it's his ends, it's his life, it's his history, his story is from this town and its countryside surrounding him. That sort of rootedness, isn't it? I hadn't thought about that word, but it is a very rooted poem, isn't it? Because you could only really write this poem if you really knew the area you were talking about. And it's funny, when I was preparing for this, in my head, I thought he named the town, and I thought it was Clan Stefan, which is a town in Carmarthenshire with a castle on a hill overlooking a bay. And in my head, it's so clear, his picture of what this town's like. I can see the castle And I can imagine the uh, sailing boats knocking on the net webbed wall. I can imagine the birds flying up into the sky as he walks up the hill and disturbs them. Yeah, I mean, it is literally like a mapping, isn't it? I really want to send you a a picture of Clan Stefan afterwards to see if you agree that the image looks how you imagine this this town to, to be. I'm interested about that for your grandma and... You know, did she live very much in the area she was born in? She was born in Clandovery, which is not by the coast, but it's near the Brecon Beacons. And she, even though she moved away from there, she was always going back and she had friends there and would go and stay there and we would go walking there. So she still had her connections there and felt very rooted to it. But then she did a lot of travelling to all over the place to do walking. Her and my grandfather were huge walkers. And I've definitely visited Clan Stefan, which is uh, where I think this poem is set, lots of times with her. Oh, God. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. okay. So it's got so all these different layers there. Mm. Mm. And when you were in the hospital with her, there was a real moment when this poem was being read that was about, you know, invoking her. I didn't know that at the time because my aunt read it and I think she read it as a poem by Dylan Thomas that my grandmother really liked. Retrospectively, you could view it as an attempt to take her out of the bed she was in and remind her of an area like where she grew up because where she grew up was very, very rural, even if it wasn't by the sea. Um, and so, Alex, where were you brought up? Carmarthenshire a little farm outside Carmarthen. Uh, so this place, if I'm right, is, was the, our nearest beach. So we would drive there and hang out on the beach. And um, how old were you when you left? I would have been 10 or 11. Okay. There's so many layers to this going on, isn't there? Because this poem that is about the childhood and the present, you know, this also works for you works in for a way, you. right? It works for me so well. It works for me so, so well. I feel very, well, I don't, I think nostalgia is a very unhelpful emotion and uh, attitude, but I think it's a very, it's a very beautiful way to think about growing older and taking stock. Mm, So true. And in fact, it's not nostalgic, is it? Because the child is long dead. He's not wishing he was young. He's not harking back. He's just thinking, I've walked there before and I'm walking here again. Yeah, 
It's a phenomenal thing he does with time. Mm. He does it in many poems, doesn't he? You know, this idea of a sort of linear time, he really confronts that and, and, and enters a deeper time, a deeper time frame that is more cyclical or spiral or... Or folds in onto itself. Or folds it? onto itself, exactly. So that's really beautiful that the poem has the significance of the connection to your grandmother and her love of life and her her origins, but also your origins because she is your grandmother. I mean, there's a, mm. there's a, a, a wonderful celebration of her legacy in you. Particularly our, lo- our shared love of going hiking in the mountains and walking. And travelling. And travelling, yeah, that's very true. And I think one of the sad things about the fact that she, well, that she never came out of hospital was that we were going to walk again together because at the time when she fell ill, I was, I was in China. Mm-hmm. So I was in China for a year and I, the only time and reason I came back was to see her when she was dying. And I would very much have loved to have gone on one last walk with her. Mm, definitely. So did you walk mm. alone with her? Just the two of you? What would happen is the family would go on walks and my grandmother was slowing down in, into her 80s. So I would hang back and walk with her. What was that like? It was lovely. We would talk about all kinds of things. I think she taught me what unconditional love is, but I know everyone says that about your grandparents. It's very, it's much easier to be a grandparent than a parent, isn't it? But uh... <laughs> I mean, I think walking with other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever, whatever way it's happening, it's such a great thing, isn't it? But I'm just really thinking that this walking that he's doing in this poem, it, it was almost like the mind, the, the heart and the mind are just speaking in the way that you sort of wish you could speak when you're walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that all of that stuff sort of travels through you. There's kind of memory, there's observation of what's actually happening around you. All of that's going on at once and he somehow manages to do that. But when you're walking with someone else, sharing that headspace is so special, isn't it? Well, I, I had an opportunity to walk alone recently because I walked most of the Cambrian Way. And so the Cambrian Way walk goes from North Wales to South Wales through Snowdonia, Mid Wales and the Brecon Beacons. And my grandfather walked it in the 90s and he wrote a piece about it for a newspaper. And so I decided to walk it the other way. And lots of the places I stayed in, he had stayed in in the 90s. One of the hotels I stayed in was called the George Borrow. My grandparents had had their honeymoon there in 1946 or something. <laughs> wow. It didn't look like it had changed much at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I stopped you earlier when you were talking about some of the particular phrases you liked, so do go back to that. What were the other ones you... We talked about the shower of my days. Well, I particularly liked the knock of sailing boats on the net web wall and then finally, I have to say, I love, oh, my, may my heart's truth still be sung on this high hill in the years turning. Mm, what, a, what an ending. And what's in that for you right now, Alex? I think what's in it for me is that sometimes life is so full of joy that you really want to carry on being there and experiencing these 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 things. I've been some places which I never thought I'd see, and they fill me with such joy to be in them. I'd love to be there in, in a year's time, possibly with more stories and more experiences. 
Mm. Beautiful. So we have this question that we usually close with, which is to say, you know, we, we've asked you to bring the poem that's been a friend to you. So if you could sort of sum it up, what kind of a friend is this? Good question. I think it is a friend that gives you perspective. Because even though I talked very much about joy a moment ago, equally, I often do, do not feel joy. But I think particularly the end reminds you to uh, feel joy or rather that you have felt joy in the past. And you will again. Dylan Thomas, poem in October. It was my 30th year to heaven, woke to my hearing from harbour and neighbourwood, and the mussel pulled and the heron priested shore, the morning beckon with water praying and call of seagull and rook, and the knock of sailing boats on the net-webbed war, myself to set foot that second in the still sleeping town and set forth. My birthday began with the water birds and the birds of the wing trees flying my name above the farms and the white horses and I rose in rainy autumn and walked abroad in a shower of all my days. High tide and the heron dived when I took the road over the border and the gates of the tone closed as the tone awoke. A springful of larks and a rolling cloud in the roadside, bushes brimming with whistling blackbirds, and the sun of October, summery on the hill's shoulder. Here, where fond climates and sweet singers suddenly come in the morning, where I wandered and listened to the rain of ringing wind blow cold in the wood far away under me. Pale rain over the dwindling harbour and over the sea wet church the size of a snail with its horns through mist and the castle brown as owls. But all the gardens of spring and summer were blooming in the tall tales beyond the border and under the lark full cloud. There could I marvel my birthday away, but the weather turned around. He turned away from the blithe country and down the other air in the blue altered sky streamed again a wonder of summer with apples, pears and red currants. And I saw in the turning so clearly a child's forgotten mornings when he walked with his mother through the parables of sunlight and the legends of the green chapels and the twice-told fields of infancy, that his tears burned my cheeks and his heart moved in mine. These were the woods, the river and sea, where a boy in the listening summertime of the dead whispered the truth of his joy to the trees and the stones and the fish in the tide. And the mystery sang alive still in the water and singing birds. 
And there could I marvel my birthday away, but the weather turned around, and the true joy of the long-dead child sang burning in the sun. It was my thirtieth year to heaven, stood there then in the summer noon, though the town below lay leaved with October blood. Oh, may my heart's truth still be sung on this high hill in a year's turning. That was Roy with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks, of course, to Alex for giving us permission to use that beautiful conversation and to the Dylan Thomas estate for allowing us to use that incredible poem. Not one I knew, Fee, but um, just fantastic. And that conversation, that uh, I really related to it, the stuff about the walking. Um, you know, you and I are both walkers, and that's, that, uh, that, that really struck a chord. It also put me in mind, actually, of the, the production of Under Milk Wood at the National. There was something about that, because, um, of course, that was, had the frame of being set in a care home and of looking back at people looking back at their younger lives with um, Michael Sheen. We should try and get Michael Sheen for uh, the next time we do in the Company of Poems. Yes, that's a brilliant idea, Michael. Let's get Michael Sheen next time. But this time, it's November the 3rd, 7pm. Clear your diaries, head to the website to book. We'll be back with you next month with more Poems as Friends. Until next month, thank you for listening.